Sorry, who are you? <laughs> but, who are you? <laughs> well, maybe we should like, yeah, start there. Hi, I'm Eden. I am interning at Design Studio. And today we're going to have a conversation about designing in the age of distraction. And I'm Amelia, a voice you might have heard on this podcast before. Um, Eden and I sat down to chat about this topic, which is something that Eden's been researching for his dissertation in his final year. Let's find out more. Maybe let's start from the beginning. Um, you know, what, what is the, the first section? So that was the what is the problem section. So it's this idea that we're sort of living in an era of notifications, instant gratification, technology, social media, with such a high demand on our attention that there's an argument it's got no concern for how that impacts on us psychologically and it sort of increases our anxiety, our impatience, we have less attention span um, and it gives us a sort of surface level engagement with the world and our lives start to become more fragmented as the services that we use are in different places and they do different things and we, ha we have to store different responsibilities in our heads primary, secondary, tertiary obligations, and they pre prevent us from being truly present in doing what we're actually doing. Here's Aldous Huxley talking about society and technology in 1958. We mustn't be caught by surprise by our own advancing technology. This has happened again and again in history. Technology is advanced and this changes social conditions. And suddenly people have found themselves in a situation which they didn't foresee and doing all sorts of things they didn't really want to do. There's also this idea about the attention economy where attention has become so important to us, it's scarce and it's valuable because we're constantly being impacted by things that demand our attention. And we'll invest in services that offer us a bit of respite from this like the like a first-class business lounge at an airport or removing the adverts from an app we're sort of freeing up our attentional landscape but we have to pay to do that so we've allowed it to become monetized here's matthew crawford a philosopher discussing why preserving our attention is so important to us behind any kind of creation of value really is thought it's only by thinking that you bring something new into the world to the extent that your mind is uh, sort of colonized uh, against your will or against your better judgment. The space that we all rely on for thinking, the, the emptiness really, the silence, is being claimed by some. We notice when we are using technology and things that are designed that we might get stuck on Facebook, like on an endless scroll. We might get stuck watching a YouTube video on an endless autoplay. You know, we might, that pull down to refresh that we use in something like Twitter, it's great because it, it keeps us there, but we don't always want to be there. And that's, I think that's the important bit there. So the way in which these systems are, are designed, whether purposefully or not, aligns itself with like machine gambling or, you know, there's, there's this massive correlation between digital services and, um, and slot machines or, you know, and, and rather than you occasionally losing or winning, you're like, you're always winning. So the, they, they play on these um, psychological habits that you have mm. to keep you on site. Um, so mobile gaming apps 
um, are now informed by the same uh, design script, really. And that seems implausible at first blush because you can't win a jackpot by playing Candy Crush, so how is it the same? Well, the crucial insight is that it's not the hope of winning a jackpot that keeps people gambling. Putting money into it is simply how you keep it turned on. And what people are after is this experience of, um, it's a kind of catatonic zone where the frustrations of life beyond the screen fall away. I think a lot of us are quite aware that it, we're exposed to a lot of this like it's called hyper palatable mental stimuli. Okay. So like super, super palatable, super. They sound fun. It's a, <laughs> I know. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> but stuff that just like hyper palatable <laughs> mental stimuli. Stuff that makes us like want to see it and interact with it, and it's mm. and it's short and it's snappy, and it's too much. It's like sugar, you know. It's mm. it, we get too much of it, and we become it releases this dopamine, and we just become. Addic like addicted, like traditionally addicted to it. I really like thinking about um, things that we could design as like little bits of sugar or adding too much. Are we adding too much sugar to this? Yeah. <laughs> is this actually bad for if, us or if, interesting? <laughs> if the world is a cake, we're putting too much sugar in it. Yeah, it's too much sugar. So there's this, and this is where it becomes really interesting because it, become, it, it, frame, it frames this debate around um, are designers responsible? If you blame the designers, it's like making... It's like blaming a baker for making their cakes too delicious, mm -hmm. right? So this is one side of the, the yeah, argument. Yeah, yeah, okay. And the other side of the argument is that distraction is like obesity for the mind. Are you on the side of regulation when it comes? Yeah, really? massively. Yeah, okay. massively. And this is this is where I'm. Mean, I'm mean, on the side of like, like frameworks of regulation. You know, like okay. of like, you know, like companies being measured on the amount of distracting material they, you know, they promote. Okay, so what are some more of the solutions that you started talking about before? Like, so that we're not, like you said, going to get all bogged down and sad <laughs> that we're in an industry that's just distracting people from doing other things. When it comes to the solutions, I think there are, there's two areas. So like, okay. there's like a societal mm -hmm. solution. So when we've wanted stuff before, we revolt, we protest we ask for stuff back like we ask for our time back in this case we ask for our attentions back if people understand that this is like a really interesting and important problem do we change the way that our designers are educated do we change the way that people are educated so do we push this into the curriculum at design school mm. like do we They've started this organisation called, they were called Time Well Spent, but they're now called the Centre for Humane Technology. Oh, Time Well Spent was way cooler. Yeah, Time Well Spent was their old name. And they Catch. used to do, Time Well Spent, they used to do workshops in schools and teach people about like empowering design that okay. would stop people getting distracted. Yeah. So it's been done before and it's interesting that as designers we're ethically concerned and yet this doesn't seem to be like, we're having to go into you know, think you know to not think about this kind of thing because it doesn't seem like a prevalent problem. Mm. That's another interesting, like societal level technique okay. that we can we can use to start tackling it and challenging it and returning attention back to its rightful owner. And then, if we look at it on an individual level, there's do I turn off notifications? Do I do I limit the amount of emails I get? Do I put and do not disturb? That's fine, but like 
not that many people are going to do it because they're quite happy with the amount that they get. So then it falls to the, like, the, the challenge of designers and like designing the objects around us. This is a clip from a campaign video for Time Well Spent. Architects of our digital world, stop, be better, because we can be. And we can see that these systems have been designed with intricacy so that companies can keep our attention indefinitely. I don't want to keep crushing these freaking candies. I don't want these alerts to completely command me. Architects of our digital world, you have more data, information, and control over our retention, the tools to tweak our emotions so we'll return to your experience. But is that what you should do? Or should you? Build digital tools so advanced they can actually enhance the world outside the device in our hands. Can you add so much value that it lets us put our phones back in our pants as fast as we possibly can? So we talked earlier about this like moral operating system. Can you design things that facilitate better human interaction? Can you, can you upgrade the design values of things to be more than just like, I need to do this. Like, can you do that but do it well? Can you do that but incorporate what's important to you? Yeah. So for example, you might like this for work. There's this really nice idea about incorporating some of this stuff into like a really simple just example. So like, let's say you had a, a chat application and we were using it at work. Mm -hmm. And instead of just being able to set it to like active or away, you could, you could be online, but you could set it to focus mode, right? So you're busy doing some serious, serious designing right now. <laughs> like you're deep into it. Oh, what is that? Yeah, I don't <laughs> And somebody wants to send you something that's like a video for another project you're working on. You don't really need it right now. If you're set to focus mode, for example, just as like a method, they try and send it to you and they get a notification which says, Amelia's in focus mode right now, Do you, are you sure you want to send this? Mm -hmm. And so they're prompted as to whether they want to interrupt your attention and to break you out of that, that's that headspace that you have. Right, that's really interesting. So it puts the ball in the court of the sender of something intentionally demanding mm. and it takes it away from you. And if they really wanted to send it, they would send it. But they're then, they're then not just like barreling in on your attention <laughs> and they they have to make the choice as to whether they're going to upset you. Um, think about like getting something done and focus. Um, it seems like it's all um, about individual focus. So like, you know, I'm, I'm Amelia is not in focus mode. Yeah. But what about when you're working in a team? Like, what about when you're working in a group of people? Is that why yeah. like meetings exist? Is that why we kind of say, okay, we're gonna have like we're gonna have a focused session right yeah. now? Like, is that something that you could bring into that kind of thing? As I, well? Yeah, I reckon you probably could. Yeah, yeah I reckon you could. And, and if technology is aware of contextually aware, if you can design it to be contextually aware of what's happening, then it'll understand that that's an even more important part of the day. researched all of this kind of stuff around design and distraction what has kind of what have you been left with what do you think how do you feel two things challenge to make to to sort of create a bit of an awareness around the impact that as a problem it can have on people and how 
we as designers can think about a couple of different ways that we can incorporate it, solutions to this into the things that we make. And I think it's important for all of us to consider the impact we have on people's attention in the services that we design and empower them not to just be using something for the sake of it. How can we design experiences which consider how important attention is as a resource? Mm. I think that's, I think seeing attention as something that is valuable, right. like something that was worth something to us and we shouldn't just part with it cheaply. Now coming at it with some kind of like an ethical slant being like, oh, actually, I, I, I believe that maybe, you know, yes, we want to, you know, make make people trust this brand and use this product and buy this thing, but they don't have to be totally consumed by it. And, and for me also, like, it feeds into like your point at the start about, like, mental health. Uh, the people on both sides of the debate were talking about this in relation to, like, sugar and cake yeah. and stuff. And how when you, when you make it, like, a really physical, tangible thing, yeah. it becomes something that's easily, easy to regulate, easy to understand. We're talking now about, like, about something that's not tangible but no it's all about our you know mental health and our mindset and and i think that's what really interests me about this stuff and what i i want to take away and really learn more about big 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 massive thanks to eden for taking over the ds podcast with this super interesting and extremely relevant topic i have just been a voice on this today he's done absolutely everything and it's been amazing so big thanks to eden for this cool thanks for (laughs) chatting to me about it Um, we're gonna keep talking about this uh, we're getting more opinions from other people so stay tuned and get in touch if this is a topic that you find interesting so we'll see you soon